Bruce Springsteen Live provides fans with an intimate look into Springsteen's creative process. The Bruce Springsteen Live exhibit opens at the Woody Guthrie Center on Saturday, April 16th, running through Sunday, September 25th. The exhibit will feature iconic artifacts, live performance footage, instruments, stage costumes, exclusive interviews, concert posters, and photography, as well as unique interactive displays to immerse fans in Bruce Springsteen and the band's creative process. More information can be found at WoodyGuthrieCenter.org. Please let them know that Set Lessing Bruce sent you there, and I'll see you in Tulsa. The ability to kind of use places as a way to kind of show what is happening for the people who are there and kind of, I think in his case, a lot of the time, the hopelessness of the people in those uh, spaces, that that to me, I think is what I really connected with. And like, I love, you know, the more like upbeat kind of cheesy stuff. But uh, for me, when I am like, I want to listen to Bruce, it's usually I'm putting on Nebraska or, um, you know, I have a select few other songs that are like my go-tos um because I just really appreciate that kind of the length really I think his lyrics um in a lot of them Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today from the Midwest, uh, where it is much colder than it is in Dallas, my new friend, Mackenzie. Hi, Mackenzie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, I am so excited, too. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Mackenzie. I am very Midwestern. <laughs> um, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I did my undergraduate degree at Eastern Michigan University, and now I am in Illinois doing my master's degree. Um, so very much a Midwestern kid at heart. <laughs> Where? Uh, what are you working on for your master's? I am getting my master's of education in curriculum and instruction. Oh, very nice. Cool. Uh, so, uh, Columbus, uh, one of my, the, my co-partner in that does the Doctor Who podcast is there in Columbus. So I visited there a couple of times. So a fun place to grow up. Uh, so, um, why education? Why did you decide to, uh, pursue that? Uh, so it's, it's been a wild ride actually. Okay. Um, yeah. so, uh, my mom worked, uh, in social services. She's a nurse for adults with disabilities. So initially my undergraduate degree was in special education. Um, okay. I wasn't a huge fan of it, <laughs> um, okay. but my uh, undergraduate institution, if you did special ed, you also uh, could either do um, like elementary education as well, or do a subject area for secondary ed. So I ended up minoring uh, in English and uh, okay. writing. And I liked that a lot. So my work now in graduate school focuses a lot on uh, literacies, um, non-traditional literacies. So just not just reading and writing, but things like music. Uh, okay. This kind of ties into that a little bit, actually. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, 
growing up in Columbus, what kind of music did your family listen to? A lot, everything. Um, that's, I think, one of the, in retrospect, I was exposed to quite a bit of music. Um, both my parents were Prince fans. I We listened to so much Prince. Not the most appropriate thing for a kid to be listening to, um, but I, I, we did. I, I have apparently one of my aunts said she's a very vivid memory of me singing black sweat in a car seat so uh it's a it's yeah good times um i love that i also uh loved uh 90s rap my my mm-hmm. i listened to a lot of tupac uh biggie that type of stuff which exposed me i think uh to soul music because uh, of the, through the sampling type of stuff sure um and just like general pop music, like top 40 stuff was on all the yeah. time and 80s, 90s contemporary type radio stations. So as we're recording this, it's just a couple of days after the Super Bowl. Did you enjoy the halftime show? I really did. <laughs> I was a fan. Um, I was real skeptical um, going yeah. into it. I actually think it, it was really good. One of my favorites in a few years. Yeah, uh, my son is 32. And uh, he was over at the house, we were watching it, and he was like, you know, dad, they, they, are, they are speaking to my, you know, junior high and high school experience. I mean, yeah, he was just, he was, he loved every song, he was singing along, he was just in heaven. Yeah, I loved it. I, I'm 25. So yeah. like I was a, a little past my time, but I do yeah. remember hearing Kenny and yeah. Snoop and, and Dre and stuff um, yeah. as, a, as a young kid. So I was also living my best life. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And he just and I enjoyed it, too. I just loved all the energy and the excitement. So I just that's that's funny. You did. So you're how did you discover Bruce and what about him spoke to you? Yeah, I kind of, I think through phases, like a lot of people do through their music. So when I was a younger teen, um, I was into like the Beatles, the Beach Boys, like the 60s bands. Um, As I got into an older teenager, I kind of branched out more. And then by the time I was in my 20s, I was like very much into the soul music. But it was also around that time that I found Bruce. Like, I mean, I knew who Bruce Springsteen was, right? Um, I, I knew the hits. Uh, I think maybe I had some stereotypes of like the type of people who listen to Bruce Springsteen. I mean, it definitely wasn't uh, like my crowd. Right. Um, but and people are still surprised when they find out I'm like more than just a casual <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Say, like, what is this 20 something year old like black kid from Ohio? Like, why are they listening to Bruce Springsteen? Um, but I uh, I think for me, when I was in college, Uh, And I was starting to get into like critical analysis of education. uh, And I was building like those type of like systems in college. I, I I think I must've, I think it was born in the USA and I like, like heard it one day and I was like, Oh, Oh, like, this is what this song is about. Like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like it was, I think kind of an awakening for me. Um, And I think that for me, understanding kind of Bruce was telling stories about people in places right uh and is a is a someone who grew up in the midwest especially i think in columbus which has really only recently grown in the like within my lifetime it was definitely the border of like rural and urban um i think his music really captures like that experience um and yeah i think it offered for me as someone who was interested in like 
uh, working with kids on analyzing things like sound or art, his music was like the perfect thing to kind of help me do that myself and, and really kind of assess where I had come from. Yeah, uh, I, that's that's I love that answer. And you're right. I, in fact, um, I sent out an email um, earlier this year um, to everyone who'd ever been a guest. And I said, um, my I love all my guests, but my guests have skewed older white guys. <laughs> I mean, I've had a few I, I've had certainly passionate Springs female fans. I have had young fans, but the majority of, and so I said, I'm specifically looking for, you know, a more diverse, uh, and even if they're not Bruce fans, I would love to have, you know, a more diversity because, um, the podcast as it's grown, I, I think it's grown into more just a music discussion podcast and if that. So, uh, yeah, so I was thrilled when you reached out and said, hey, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. And uh, so thank you. This was wonderful. As, as someone who intellectually studies music and storytelling, wh- what are some examples of where you go oh, I see what Bruce is doing there or, or something that surprised you. Not just, I mean, we all can be moved by the emotion of, of some of his songs, but if you can back yourself up as an academic, is there something that kind of speaks to you and smile? And I see you're smiling, so. Yeah, I always like, I feel like I, as someone who like studied, somewhat studied literature yeah. in college, he reminds me a lot of John Steinbeck um, yeah. in how, he captures like the landscape a lot in his music. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I think he, he did, I think a song that was about Tom Joad from the grace, right, the grapes exactly. of wrath. Yeah. Um, but yes, like, he did. Uh, yeah. And so for me, I, I think the ability to kind of use places as a way to kind of show what is happening for the people who are there and kind of, I think in his case, a lot of the time, the hopelessness of the people in those uh, spaces, that, that to me, I think is what I really connected with. And like, I love, you know, the more like upbeat kind of cheesy stuff too. Sure. But uh, for me, when I am like, I want to listen to Bruce, it's usually I'm putting on Nebraska or, um, you know, I have a select few other songs that are like my go-tos. Yeah. Um, because I just really appreciate that kind of the length, really, I think his lyrics um, in a lot of them. You know, it, it's, it's partially a cliche, but there's just as all cliches, there's truth in it. A lot of young people, if I do that general, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> will find Nebraska and go, oh, wait, this is the born in the USA guy. Oh, wait, wait, this is born to run guy. And, you know, and then kind of give this different um, things. I think um, Western Stars is a collection of Elmer Leonard, you know, Elmer Leonard short stories, right? Like the guy who wrote Justified and all this stuff, Um, because they all are, they do feel like they were set in the West. And there's this, uh, it feels like an album of short stories. Yeah, and so and, sure. and so does Nebraska, right? And 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 I goes to you know goes to Tom Joe the same way, um, and I think it's it's interesting how he can 
weave that story and weave that imagery. And um, I've had people join me that talk about how somatic, cinematic his music is, that you can see that film in your mind. Yeah, I think one of my favorite songs of his is actually Racing in the Street. Um, And I and like that song to me definitely is cinematic. Um, And it's it's like my favorite song to listen to. And I'm walking home from class and it's dark. Yeah, Um, it just really like uh, captures the vibe, especially I think there's a the the verse where um, he says she sits on the porch of her daddy's house, but all her pretty dreams are torn. She stares off alone into the night with the eyes of one who hates for just being born. That's like one of my favorite lines probably in his entire discography well you know Mackenzie, you mentioned how you went through a phase of the beatles and the beach boys so when i graduated high school way back in the dark ages in 1977 i found a beach boys eight track and was just fell in love with the beach boys and just went through every album i could find every cassette every eight track every album too. <laughs> you know just just brian wilson's magic and that beauty And so then when I picked up Born to Run and all of a sudden racing in the street was like an adult Beach Boy song. I mean, it's about cars, you know, it's about cars, (laughs) it's about racing, but it's, it's, it's wild away from Little Deuce Cooper, fun, fun, fun. And, and just, you can, at least I can connect the two and it is like the other side of the, the beauty and the the fun and everything of California to that dark side of well what if you um like the Harrison Ford character in American Graffiti almost yeah right? like that sure. <laughs> he's now aged a little bit and it's doing that um so uh, have you had a chance to see him perform live I haven't. This is this is like uh, one. The pandemic happened, right? Yes, like, exactly. The, yes. the past two years of my life, um, I haven't. I haven't been to a concert in literal years. Um, yeah. But I would love to see him live. Um, I I love a lot of his live albums, uh, and I, I yeah. think me and my friends are getting into it, getting into him as well. Yeah. Um, so I would love for all of us to be able to go to a concert. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Um- well, I, I had two fans this summer, both about your age, uh, right around the same, you know, late teens, middle 20s. And both of them had never seen Bruce, had discovered him and got lucky enough to see him in Broadway. You know, and that was their first show. And they were like, I can't believe they're finally seeing, but they're anxious like we all are for another tour. Um so in your little note, you're into me, all your friends are, you know, in their middle twenties. Um, are you encouraging them to listen to Bruce or are you, I mean, are you this evangelist going out there preaching <laughs> the magic and power of the E street band? Uh, so it, this is actually, I mean, this has been, I think one of the, the good parts of the pandemic is because, um, because we couldn't see each other because I was, living at home. They were living at home with their parents. They live in Michigan. I lived in Ohio. It was, you know, we were all kind of spread out. And so we were looking for things to be able to do virtually. Um, And we started an album club where we like every week we choose like three to five albums. We listen to them throughout the week. And then we have like a zoom meeting and talk about them. Um, And 
I think the first. So, so that's yeah. a podcast. That is, I'm telling you right now, you tell your team, you're going to record them. You send me the MP3 and I will send that out. That sounds like a hell of a podcast. Uh, it's really funny. Um, I am really into music, music history. Like I, yeah. I have a good grasp of it. My other friend, uh, Nolan, he also has like, he's more contemporary music, but as yeah. far as like the contemporary landscape, he can do it. Our other friend um, was not even born in America. So a lot yeah. of this stuff is the first time she's hearing it. Um, I think the first Bruce album we, it, I think we listened to born to run. I think that was the okay. first one we listened to. And she came on and she's like, this is so sparkly. That's what she described <laughs> it as. Um, she's like, this is sparkly rock. And I was like, that's not what I would say, but like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, that's great. Um, I think. Yeah. I think they really, it was pretty immediate. Like I think once they sat down and just like listened, they were like, Oh, I get it. Like, I, I get it 100%. You know, and I think that works both ways. I saw a few people grumbling about the halftime show that we were just talking about. And and I posted on uh, both in Twitter and on Facebook, like, the people performed have almost 50 Grammys between them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you don't like that kind of music, great. But don't try to say that this mm-hmm. isn't, you know, this is now mainstream. This is good. And I think it's very quickly to go, oh, that's 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 teenage music or that's old man music versus if you listen to it, you with open ears, you go, holy crap, this there is a reason why people say that albums from Prince or Eminem or Tupac or, or, you know, Bruce Springsteen speak to them because there is that universal, you know, truths in that music. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, some of our favorite albums are like not even you would look at them and be like, what what is your taste? <laughs> like, yeah. well, I don't I don't know where we're going because like we all love Bruce Springsteen. We also love Bob Dylan. We like uh, the Notorious B.I.G. was like one of our favorite albums we listened yeah. to because I think when you do like sit down and just listen, um, I think you'd be surprised. I mean, my, I teach two classes here at the university of Illinois. Um, one of them is school and society. So we, we talk a lot about, you know, history, current issues, current political issues. And I played for them some older music and they were like, Whoa, I think it was what's going on and living for the city by Stevie wonder. And they were listening to them. And then we got done and they were just like, how old is this song? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like 50 years old. And they were like, what? <laughs> they were like, this is so yeah. relevant. Like, right. <laughs> it sounds like it could have been written yesterday. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just like you have to, I, I agree with you. It's just like when you sit down, listen to it, take it in. I think people would be surprised how much they actually do like. So I just had an audience, I just last week, released an episode where um Stephen Malio joined me and he's a professor at a small um college and he teaches Greek and myths and he did a whole episode when he compared Homer's Iliad uh, to Springsteen on Broadway 
about <laughs> the 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 structure. You know, it it yeah. talks about Bruce leaving town, and you know, and and Homer, you know, Ulysses is leaving town and then returning, and then all the stuff, and um, because there's universal truths in that, mm-hmm. um, I I think that's, um, you know, I think if you think. American Skin, 41 Shots, you know, was 98, 99, and it is just as relevant today, yeah. sadly, mm-hmm. as it is. Yeah, that, you know, and it is, um, you you sometimes worry, or not worry, but you're like, how can something that Dylan wrote or, you know, these, these other artists write that, you know, 50 years later are still relevant? And, and, you know, at the time they were just trying to make a record that goes on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that was like, for me, listening to a lot uh, when I was first getting into Bruce and like going through his discography. Um, I think that that was what was hit me because the, the song, I mean, I think of like mansion on the Hill from Nebraska or yeah. the river. Right. Um, these songs that like, like like almost like they were written for like me and like the peer group I had because of yeah. where we were growing up and um yeah I mean I dr- I mean you drive 15 minutes outside of Columbus and it is like abandoned factories and farm fields yeah like <laughs> and right. it's uh yeah it's just it, it it was it was like I, why do I relate to this so much but then when I really sat down and thought about it I was like oh because I lived a lot of what he was talking about yeah, I mean, there's a universal universal to it. Um, how else? Uh, you you mentioned you do two classes. What's your other class, and do you incorporate music in those? That one as well. Yeah, I use music a lot in my classes. Um, so I teach my the ones I teach two classes. One is on school and society. The other one is on language varieties and culture in the classroom. So for that one. Um, I use music when we talk about obviously culture, uh, culture and our students' cultures, but also when we talk about um, African American vernacular English, I use a lot of music as well. I think it's more accessible for them to kind of understand how that works in practice. But then we also, I do a lot um, with protest music too, I think to show them or not, I don't ever want to give my students this idea that like, yeah, all this terrible stuff is happening. There's all these systemic issues and people are just like taking it. Um, I think music has been a really great way in, in, in American popular music to show resistance and to show what's going on. And so I always try to include that stuff for them. It's also just like a good relationship builder at the start of every semester. I have them do like a journal where I'm like, what's your favorite song at the moment and tell me why. And then I make a class playlist. Um, so when they're doing work or we're having a break, I can like throw that playlist on. Um, and they, you know, today, like a Taylor Swift song came on and half the class was singing along to it. And like, I don't like Taylor Swift, but was it kind of cute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. You know, um, and and I think that's the beauty, right? That um, huge Springsteen fan. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen her being interviewed, where she talks about Bruce bringing her daughter, his daughter, to her show, and coming backstage and signing her guitar and playing "Dancing in the Dark" to her, and she was thrilled. Um, I, I I love that because two years ago I started a new job. And um, the team really 
had had a bad um, overall, they'd had strong managers, but the director had not been very good. And so they brought me in and specifically like, we're really looking to try to make sure that the team stays doing well. And so I met with every agent and there were about 60 people. And so each one of them, I asked a bunch of questions. And the very last question was, okay, um, our job, the company I work for, we do roadside assistance. So, you know, people broke down, we go tow them for their RVs. I said, what, what's the one song if you're on a road trip that has to be on your playlist? You know, and I got a little bit, uh, I said, no, 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 just, just, you know, one, you know, if you have to have two, tell me. And uh, um, I ended up making it a playlist and I sent it out to everyone. I go, this is our coach net road trip playlist, you know, and for that very reason. And it was amazing to see all the diversity and, it, you know, everyone's different music, but you got a sense of it because, you know, they do tell you, well, I just, this song makes me feel alive. And I, you know, I, I you know, you're bored and the road's kind of getting to you. And then you play this music and it's waking you up. And so I think that's a great way to break the ice and kind of learn about your, your class. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's always fun because again, there is like such a wide array. I think people would expect, right, a group of, one of my classes, for example, is like almost all freshmen, right? Like you would expect a group of freshmen to have these very kind of top 40 picks and like, no, I mean, they're listening to indie stuff. I had students being like, I like Paul Simon. I had somebody put like two early 2000s black eyed peas. I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) Like, I guess it's fine. Um, So it's, I think it's fun for them too, to see what their, their classmates um, are listening Mm -hmm. to. Um, And it it makes class less awkward. Like I think most people, if if they've been to college, like the first day or first few weeks or whatever, like it can be awkward when you're just like sitting there and it's silent. Um, Yeah, absolutely. The music can really help create Mm -hmm. the mood that you want. So I love using music with my students. Yeah. So talk some more about, you've already shared about Racing in the Street in Nebraska. What are some other favorite albums or songs that really have spoken to you? Um. So I, I think that for me, there's definitely like two branches. There's that branch of like introspective. I'm, I want to be kind of sad and like in my feelings. Uh, but then there is the other branch, just like, I need a soundtrack for the adventures I'm having in my mid twenties um, and the things that I'm doing with my friends. And so I think I always have some Bruce songs, um, on playlists, uh, you know, this past summer, like I internshiped in New England, you know, I was, that was like a 15 hour drive there. And then I was up there going to the beach all the time and hiking and me and my friends go camping or uh, we're going on vacation. And we always, I've, I've forced us to have Bruce songs. Um, and typically, I mean, they're like born to run, right. Yeah. Um, Hungry heart, Rosalita, right. These upbeat lively sure. songs. I also really love Bobby Jean. <laughs> from uh, born in the USA don't know why but whenever that song comes on I just like I always smile it's like one of my favorites (laughs) Uh, but I always I have those like key tracks on there and um if people are annoyed they don't tell me so which makes which I'm gonna assume you just like it if you don't exactly (laughs) you know uh that's that's great so what are the introspective what when you're when you're ready to be alone in your thoughts or when you're feeling a little down 
Yeah, I mean, I think I usually would go to, um, I would say Nebraska for sure. Um, sure. I like some of uh, some songs on the river, you know, mm-hmm. the river, the song, the river. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of good ones on that as well. Um, yeah. Darkness on the Edge of Town in general, that album I'll put on. That's definitely one like I play a lot on vinyl. Um yeah when I'm just like sitting at home, um, chilling out. Yeah. Uh, and I, my, <laughs> I always joke, um, about I'm on fire. There's something about that song and I've never really been able to like lay my finger on it, but I joke all the time that I'm like, Oh, why do I need to go to therapy? If I can just listen to I'm on fire, or you know, dancing in the dark, like on repeat for three hours. <laughs> um, but it is, it's just like, it's almost like comforting. Um, that song, especially I'm on fire when I was graduating from college and about to move and transition and COVID had just started, um, that song was just like a very, it was like a comfort to me. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's a a more of, I mean, more of an acoustic song on an album. That's like not, I mean, born in the USA is very upbeat. And so that one is, is definitely softer. Um, And I think, He's, I think Bruce sings softly on it as well. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it was just like, it was very comforting to me. Yeah. Um, what were your, and when you sent me, you know, when you booked the mm-hmm. thing, you had said you're mostly into 70s music. So, it, but have you sampled like, you know, Letter to You, um, you know, Western Stars, even. Yeah, Magic, I really like Western Western Stars was actually was probably one of the things that was like, oh, I need to go back and revisit uh, every, you know, all of his stuff. Okay. Um, Western Stars was great. Um, I think <laughs> I think I was still in my phase when that album came out where I was like Bruce Springsteen. Like, why yeah, do sure. I want to listen to Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I listened to it or I must have heard maybe on like, you know, Spotify makes sure recommended playlist or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm a, a song must have came on and I was like, hmm. <laughs> and then I went back uh, and listened to everything. And so um, I start after that, I think I started picking up his vinyl whenever I was out and about. Um, but yeah, primarily I, I do listen to his 70s albums but western stars might be the exception <laughs> okay very well there's nothing wrong with that i uh i when when it came out i was like god there's no way we're going to get a tour but i would love to have a tour and then when they did the film where we got to see the barn and all the mm-hmm. thing was just amazing that's that's really cool so did you pick up the uh no nukes yes uh, yes what i thought was funny mckenzie is we're so used to having little Steven and Niels and Patty and Susie, like, you know, that core band looks so small compared to now. Yes. Uh, but they were so amazing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we, I think this was another thing that drew me in uh, was just the band. Um, yeah. Cause I think, again, like you think Bruce Springsteen people, I, I don't always know if people think about the E street band. Right. Um, but especially when you're listening to those early albums, you're like, damn, <laughs> like that is, that's a band. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was funny just recently as recording this right on Twitter, 
uh, Ted Nugent was talking about that, you know, Bruce was a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> but he has a great band. And I was like, even when you're insulting him, you can't, you know, you can't, you, ha- you, you have to give props to the E Street band. I said, that's yeah. just, that's just hilarious. You know, and I think, yeah, Clarence Clemens, like, I think is when I, I think he was some someone like when I was watching live videos right like obviously yeah. I heard the sax when I was listening to it and then you start watching these live concerts and you're like I, I think that that also gave me an appreciation and they had such great chemistry yeah. on stage for sure yeah he did he loved them did you get to see did you watch uh Spring Center on Broadway on Netflix I did yes okay. multiple oh. times okay. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you do you make friends and family watch that with you sometimes so um you know what's interesting is I think my mom she I don't ever remember her playing Bruce Springsteen like when I was a kid right um but when I was I was in my internship over the summer and I I remember she called me one day she's like I was listening to some of your records and I was like oh okay I was like cool like what'd you listen to she's like Bruce Springsteen I said oh which one she's like some of them (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh okay (laughs) um so she's she's been more into him now um that's funny I uh my uncle is a big Springsteen fan uh which means his son um is um my cousin he's younger he's 15 he loves 10th Avenue freeze out yeah sure (laughs) um he was (laughs) last time I was over there he comes up to me and he's like do you know he has down syndrome um okay which uh, he came up to me and he was like, hey, I was like, what's up, man? <laughs> He's like, do you know who Bruce Springsteen is? And I was like, I, I do. <laughs> and he was like, I love 10th Avenue Freaks Out. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's just crossing all boundaries. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> that's great. Um, so um, I guess the question that, you know, I usually ask, are there songs you're dying to hear live that you're chasing i guess you want all of them right (laughs) yes all of them all of them (laughs) um i think for me uh because i'm on fire was like such an important song to me and like especially during the pandemic was such a comfort i i think i would lose my mind if i ever heard that song live um I try to, I mean, I have like multiple live recordings of it on my computer, you know, it's just yeah. not the same. Um, so I would love to hear that. So that's probably my, the song I would like to hear live. You know, I, I have a theory that if you go to a pub or, you know, a diner, someplace that has a guitarist, you know, someone playing music, whether it's one or two people, and if you go to the tip jar and you throw your, you know, five bucks in there or whatever and say, Hey, can you do Bruce Springsteen? Good chance they're going to do I'm on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar when I was like a teenager learning to screw around. Um, And and I think partly because one, everyone knows it Two, It is a very, complex yet simple song right and mm-hmm. it's a short song it you know when you actually think about it um when you time it it's just it but it does paint this great mood and this just this feeling yeah it's so, a short yeah. song it's only yeah. like two and a half minutes i think right yeah that's great um so what else should i have asked you mackenzie that i haven't 
Um, I don't, I think, I think we're covering the bases. Um, okay, we are. I think yeah. so. I, I, I think for me, um, the big takeaway is always, it, it's just so funny. Cause I think people still have that like stereotype of Bruce Springsteen, even though right. I think in recent years, he's been pretty like in your face, outspoken. Yeah. Um, I just remember, I think my, when we listened, we started listening to his albums with my friends. And I remember one of them being like, wait, so born in the USA is a protest song, like in a text, like that's what they sent me. And I was like, yes. Um, And she was like, wow. I I thought of that funny. um, The, when uh, our former president was in the hospital with COVID, right? The people Mm -hmm. outside with their little, red trump song banners and all this other crap um you know they're playing born in the usa and i'm like do they not understand <laughs> no <laughs> that they don't you know this is just not a uh so i had a i love telling this story i had um a i had a, a fan on the show who loved leonard bernstein that was that's her favorite musician and she said leonard bernstein and bruce springsteen's both best known songs are their most misunderstood song <laughs> he said you know uh hallelujah is not a song that's appropriate to play like in a celebration but you know he said but they all do and born in the usa should not be played when you're showing fireworks but you Correct. know hey they do it that's awesome I, just, I think she kept you know and we kept going in um yeah streets of philadelphia right we listened yeah. to that and i was like explaining to her like the the film and she was like wait <laughs> she's like yeah. the song's about the aids crisis i was yeah. like yes well <laughs> i told you bruce is woke <laughs> yeah uh, when um i have um bella pori has been on the show multiple times and she talked about that's how she got into bruce she um you know she says as a you know as a lesbian a lot of times she has to try to find meaning in songs mm-hmm. to speak to her and she said when when she heard streets of philadelphia she went oh my goodness you know i mean he's speaking for me and and others and so um and then now she's become this massive fan and in fact she would make the argue western stars is all about lesbian couples having problems <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so that's great um what what future plans do you have Mackenzie I, I know you're going to keep work on your master's but what what what's next for you um I graduate in May um so who knows um I've been applying to jobs yeah. uh, I have interviews lined up so it should be fun I don't have interest uh working in like a traditional school setting so I'm looking at a lot of nonprofits, museums okay um things of that nature that that's great that that would that fits your personality perfect i get it um i do think you and your friend should <laughs> record that when it's on zoom and send it to me as a podcast i will edit it and send it i think that would i know my audience would love to hear that um any final thoughts before we get to the mary question no i'm i'm just thank you for having me on it's been fun oh, i never i never get to talk about bruce everybody just is like stop talking <laughs> Mackenzie, I would be a very rich man if I had money for every time my guest has said that. Usually <laughs> your significant other is like, please talk to someone else. <laughs> um, all right. So let's um, 
speaking of teaching, uh, Jay Armstrong is a recently retired honors English teacher. He has a brand new book out, uh, Bedtime Stories for the Living. But when he was teaching, he would take his honors English class their senior year, and they would take two days to break apart Thunder Road. They would look at all the uh, lyrics. They would talk about the imagery and, and the themes that Bruce explores. They would compare it to Robert Frost. And uh, then at the end of the two days, uh, Jay would ask the question, does, Bruce, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So Mackenzie, that is your question. <laughs> does Mary well, get in the car? Hold on. I have never thought about it like that. Like in the, the like, oh. I think she doesn't. Okay. I don't think she does. I'm looking at the lyrics now That's okay. That's <laughs> as fine. a refresher, as a refresher, because I've never thought about it. And now I have, there's like all the pressure. No, I think, I, th- I don't think she did. Why do you think she doesn't? Because he's asking her to climb in at the end. He's like, oh, so yeah. you should climb in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pulling out of here. And I think Mary said no. <laughs> you think she's too afraid? I, I do. I think she's too afraid. She just graduated, you know. This would be such a fun activity. Wow, that sounds, that's the type of class I would like to take. Just so you know, um, I asked this to end every episode and about a year and a half ago, I collected about 20 or 30 answers and sent it to Jay. And I said, okay, you know, because I always give him credit and he actually listened to all the answers. And then we had an episode of him discussing people's answers. Oh, that um, sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, about 60, 40, about 60% say she gets in, about 40% says she doesn't. So it isn't like it's 100% people like, oh, yeah, of course. And every yeah. once in a while, I get McKenzie people, well, of course, it's Bruce Springsteen, you hop in the car. But a lot of people talk about that. No, he, he didn't make a good enough case, even though we love so. Thunder Road. Uh, you know, she's she's afraid. She's afraid. And 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 that's his story. He says you making a choice means you it's a leap of faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to give up something. Um, now, a couple of my favorite and you quoted this earlier is someone said, absolutely, she gets in the car because in racing in the street. When she's on her daddy's porch, that's the same porch. Oh my she- gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, give me like a week and I could construct a very well thought out paper. Okay. Tell you what. All right. Point. Book it. All right. Book it. We're going to, uh, <laughs> we're going to do this. Email me when it's a good time and I will book it. And then we'll do that. We'll do a two part episode. We'll do this. <laughs> and then we're going to have coming back. I-, I would love that. But right. Think about that. Right. Like, they say she's on her daddy's porch that's she danced across the porch holy shit i can't believe i didn't make that connection wow now i am i'm gonna this is gonna bother me i'm gonna go back that's okay to be like ooh. the other one that i loved is someone said that they get in the car they drive to california and moonlight motel is mary has died and he's mourning her death after their life together so i like that too Wow. Yeah. Maybe I should just listen to his entire discography. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be like a cork board in the back with all these strings. All right. And uh, I will, uh, I'm going to end the podcast now. um, And then I'm going to, because I don't want to, my, 
my audience has already heard this story, so I'm not going to do it. So if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Mac, M-A-C underscore attack 8881. Or you can follow me on Instagram at mcrenshaw8. Okay. And uh, thank you, Mackenzie. This is absolutely great. Um, I appreciate you so much. Listeners, go get vaccinated. Go get boosted. Yes. Let's let's be good to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. Thank you, Mackenzie. I'm, we're going to book you a return trip <laughs> and we are going to spend uh, the whole episode breaking down your theories on <laughs> the Mary question. Uh, listeners, be good and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.